Hello, and welcome back to the Irish Tennis Updates podcast. My name is Adam, your host, and welcome back to this episode. This is the latest episode looking at the college tennis in the US. The regular season is now over, and we are looking ahead to the NCA championships, which are taking place towards the end of May. We're looking at the, the team championships, singles, doubles, the different divisions, NAIA, all the different bits. Uh, myself and Mark are going to be looking at, at, at what's going on over this episode. And also, uh, obviously, a bit of a focus on the Irish players who are still in action in, in these events over the next few weeks. Before we start, if you are listening to this on, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or somewhere where you're just getting the audio, um, hi, but I would recommend that you, if possible, you listen to this on, on YouTube. There, there is going to be some visuals uh, to go along with, with parts of this episode, looking at the draws, looking at the, the, the player entry lists in, into some of these events. So if you can, get yourself onto YouTube uh, to listen to this episode and so you can see see some of the things that we are talking about. If not, um, well, continue listening and, and uh, let's get into the episode now. Here we go. Here's Mark. All right. Hi, Mark. Um, how are things? And, and uh, we're coming to the end of the season now. So uh, firstly, how are things with you? Yeah, doing really well, Adam. Um, yeah, it's hard to believe that we've, we've come to the end of the, almost the end of the college season here now, where it's, it's on to the national championships and the regional championships and all the different divisions. Um, you know, it's, it's incredible. I've talked to a lot of coaches and they said in, in all their time coaching, this was the number one most challenging year they've ever had. But I think they were all so appreciative and so thankful that they got to compete this year, considering that the 2020 or 2019-2020 season got got postponed uh, due to COVID. So, um, you know, exhausted, I would just say, would, would describe the coaches, but also thankful and appreciative. Yeah, yeah. So I guess the last time we talked a couple of weeks ago, it was kind of heading into conference. So the season was kind of finishing up for all the players and these NCAA, uh, NCAA tournaments were kind of on the horizon. So just could you give a little update on, on where are we at this moment coming into, I guess, the end of the season? Yeah, so what happens is now um, all of those conference championships took place over the last, say, week and a half, two weeks. And, um, you know, you, you a couple of things happened. You won your conference championship, you went to the NCAA tournament as what's called an automatic qualifier. And each conference gets one automatic bid. Um, and so regardless of what your ranking is in the country, you could be 190 in the country, but if you win your conference, you have earned that right to play in the top 64 teams. And then what you can be is an at-large bid where if you're typically one of the top, say 43 or 44 teams, it kind of varies every year based off how many conference winners there is then you would also be then invited to that uh, to end of year championships. That's for division one, obviously, uh, in NCA. And in division two, this is a smaller field. And then NAIA again in an even smaller field. So um, we'll kind of go over that a little bit later. So majority of Irish tennis players now will have officially stopped um, practice. They might be finishing up their exams. Um, and, and, you know, some might even be starting the process of coming back here. Um, or starting a summer job or something like that. So, um, But we do have a few uh, people that have survived and uh, we'll be playing the national championship and we'll, it'll be great to go through their matchups and, and what they're getting ready to experience. Yeah, you know, I know uh, what we're going to do is we are going to go through, I guess, kind of the structure of, of what different divisions there are and, and what kind of the championships are looking like over the next, I guess, three-ish weeks. And I guess through, with that, we'll go through uh, the Irish players that are still in action. But I guess before we start that, 
Um, what what kind of experiences uh, did you have when you were uh, coaching of, of NCA tournament of this time of year? Yeah, so, I mean, unfortunately, as a player, I would never got to experience the NCA championships. I really wish I had. And it's something that I think everybody looks back and says it's such a special time of the year. But I was fortunate uh, as a coach, I got to experience the NCA championships um, as part of a team with, with Memphis and, and North Florida and also the individual singles and doubles team championships with those teams too as well. So that was really nice. Probably the one that sticks out the most was my last year at Memphis. I was doing men's and women's um, and the women had qualified for the first time in history for the NCAA championships. And the men had um, had gone the previous year for, for the first time in a very long, a long time. So that same weekend, I actually ended up having to, to coach both teams and they were on opposite days. So I was going back and forth between um, uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama and um, and uh, Oxford, Mississippi, which is about a two and a half hour, three hour drive. And I was driving through the countryside because they're, they're kind of places in the middle of the country in America. And uh, I, I, I think I coached four matches in the space of two and a half days. And the men actually made the Sweet 16 uh, that year, which is a really big deal. That's where, you know, all of the teams kind of come, the final 16 teams come together. So, and then the men, the women actually won a round in the NCAA tournament that weekend. So as a coach, that was pretty special. Yeah. Um, but also North Florida too, as well. We went to the NCA tournament for the first time when I was the coach there too, as well, which was really, really special too, as well. So um, it really is anyone who's gotten the opportunity this time of the year is one of the most special times of the year in America. Uh, typically you're done with your exams. You're just practicing tennis and, uh, and yeah, you're living the life. So uh, yeah. So everybody who's been to it, they, they'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. That's a good story. Um, yeah. So do, do you want to hop in then to look at kind of, I guess, a bit of the structure of, of the next few weeks. And, and then with that, I guess uh, the, the Irish players still in action. So I believe you have some. Good slides and it'll go over some of these things yeah right all right adam so you know as we said there before is is here's the the kind of like information here so you know we're talking about on may the 19th to the 20th and the round of 16 there will be will will be happening um for the nca tournament um and they will all be in the same location and then you'll have the quarterfinals they actually put it on the tennis channel. So anybody who's got the tennis channel back here in Ireland, you'd be able to watch. And then straight after the, the finals, then they have it like, they literally instantaneously then go into what's called the NCA singles and doubles championships. So then you play as an individual, you represent your university, but you'll actually play in an individual singles or doubles traditional draw. Um, and there'll be, a, um, there'll be a, a national champion crowned in both those and um, both those championships as well. So, so there's really three opportunities to win a national championship in Division One. You can win a team championship, or you can win an individual or a singles uh, or uh, singles or doubles title. And um, also, what's really big here too as well, if you reach a certain round. So, if you be if you make the quarterfinals uh, of doubles and you make the round of sixteen of of singles, you get what's called um, all American status. And All-American status is something that's really, really seen as a really um, uh, amazing accomplishment in America if you become an All-American in, in your sport. So here's the draw. So, and this was released on Monday night. And um, on Monday night, they did like all the teams would have gathered together as teams and they would have had a big party. Now, because of COVID, I think it was a little bit restricted this year. 
but they would announce these on the TV and there'd be a big, you know, uh, cheer and, and everyone would have a good time and it'd be food and, and some drink and, and just a party to celebrate you making the national championship. In the first part of the bracket there, we have Duke. So obviously Georgia Drummy playing number two in the lineup for them. So they have a really tough first round matchup. Typically, you know, that would be, um, Duke would maybe sometimes have what's called a one seed um, and they would be having maybe playing the four seed in the first round, which they would be typically the Baylor, right? Um, but they're not. They're the second seed in that bracket. And so they play the third seed in Alabama. Um, and so obviously the winners will play the winners. And then uh, that, that team will then go to the round of 16 um, in Orlando. Sorry, one sec. Um, then we got on the second uh, portion of the draw. We've got uh, right there, I'll use my mouse, uh, we got Rice. Um, so obviously Anna Botel, Rice have had a fantastic year. We've been talking about them all year. Um, you know, Anna's been playing mostly four and five singles there. Um, so another, again, there'll be a two or three seed against a Michigan team um, that are always traditionally a very, very tough team. Um, and the winner gets to play then uh, the winner of that Boston University versus LSU matchup. And again, then the winner of that goes to the round of 16. And then on the bottom half of the draw, uh, you'll then have, uh, you see Ellie Murphy's Iowa State down here. Uh, Ellie's had a tough time getting into the um, into the lineup there, but she will still be traveling with the team. She'll be doing everything with the team. And, you know, she might even be next person in. So um, we'll see um, if she gets some playing time there. Um, again, there'll be a two or three seed in that bracket, NC State being the number one seed. Um, they're going to play a very tough South Carolina team. South Carolina, again, traditionally always one of the best. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how, how Iowa State go there because they've had a, such a, a, uh, an incredible season where they've, they've, they've reached program highs. So I'm sure they'll be on a real high going into that match that weekend. Um, and then finally, in the bottom half of the bracket, we've actually got a really interesting one here. So two things that are interesting. We got right up here is Northwestern versus Xavier. So... That's our first uh, Irish matchup right there. So we have uh, Julie Byrne playing two at Northwestern. We've talked about what a great year it's been for her using her fifth year of eligibility. Um, and they're playing Lucy Octaves, Xavier. Now, Lucy has been there back in the lineup there at five and six, and they've won their conference championship. So they got that automatic bid into the tournament. Now, this is a very interesting part of this one. Now, typically, always the top 16 teams in the country would typically get the home court advantage in the first and second rounds. Well, for this year, because of the fact that some schedules were restricted and some COVID issues were going on, and Northwestern, even though they weren't one of the top 16 teams, have still got the opportunity to host that site. So even though Texas A&M there is the 10th seed and the 10th best team in the country, Northwestern will actually have home court advantage. So if Northwestern and that Xavier matchup, whoever wins that one, will basically play the winner of then that Drake and Texas A&M. So really, really interesting one there. Good stuff. And um, so in terms, oh, sorry, go ahead, Adam. Yeah, no, it wasn't really anything there. Just that's just it's just great to see the the few Irish players there are, and obviously interested to see that matchup with the um, with the Irish Irish players in both teams. So yeah, no, I guess to move on now to Division One men's. Yeah, so the, the thing about the men's championship and the women's championship, it's 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 conducted at the same time in the same place. So yeah. again, they're the same way. It's going to be 
you know, the, 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 the matches will be on alternate days, usually the first and second day of the tournament, because there's so many matches going on at the same time. Um, but uh, they'll follow the same format with the individual and singles and doubles championships. So um, not as many men involved here. Um, the only one we have is Charlie Barry with, with Tulane. So we'll yeah. kind of go quickly through this. And um, right there, you can see the number one team in the country, University of Florida. Um, and uh, the one down the very bottom right here, Texas A&M. Well, we got Bjorn Thompson too as well, in there too as well, playing for them. So Bjorn has been playing number one uh, uh, doubles for them. And he's actually going to be in the individual championships. Um, and then we have Charlie Barry, obviously, we talked about earlier. So let's see if we can find Charlie Barry in the draw here too as well. See if you can spot Tulane there. No, not on that one. I don't think. Must be last. Sorry, I should have gone over this. We can cut this out. Yeah, okay, I see it there. there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got. Okay, so yeah, so we got Charlie Barry with Tulane there. They're playing uh, again a, a, a three, two and three seed matchup there. So they'll be playing at the University of Mississippi, which I I mentioned there earlier about my story. So yeah. that'll be a really, really good first round matchup there between Middle Tennessee State. They're uh, an automatic qualifier um, through uh, winning their conference, the Conference USA title. And um, so Tulane there will be looking, you know, I think Tulane will be looking there to be able to, to hopefully make a squeak into the round of 16 there because Ole Miss would be a 15th seed. So they'd be one of the weakest um, number one seeds in the tournament. So, um, but Belmont are, have had a good year too as well. So we'll see what happens there too as well. Um, okay. So yeah, so that's that's pretty much the whole draw. Um, I think I missed out on my alma mater there, Memphis. I know Memphis made it into the draw. Let's see if we can find them. Don't see him on that one. Yeah, are they going? Oh, there they are. So Memphis, yeah, they're playing at Georgia Tech at at the Tennessee. So Tennessee is where Connor Gannon's going to be going next year. So they're the one seed in that bracket. And they'll play an Alabama A&M team. That'll be a bit of a tough match up there for Alabama A&M. Um, and it's it's a little bit lopsided there. But that Georgia Tech and Memphis will be a great match. Um, Memphis have actually made the NCAA tournament seven out of the last nine years um, since, since my time there. So it's always nice to kind of follow your teams. And I know We've got lots of Irish people out there that have gone to some of these universities. So it's great for you to keep up with what your teams are doing. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So now let, let's move on a little bit now and, and pivot over here to NAIA National Championships. So, you know, this is one thing that probably doesn't get as much publicity as, as the NCAA tournament, especially over here in Ireland. But um, the NAIA is the same, um, no different than an NCAA. It's an organization that they've set up and um, it's been around for years and years. And traditionally, NAI used to be a place where a lot of people that couldn't get eligible for NCA purposes would sometimes go to an NAIA university. But it's a lot's changed in the last few years with the NAIA getting a lot more organized and they're doing a really good job. With that NAIA championships, we've got one player that's actually involved right here. I know it's kind of small, but You've got Indiana Wesleyan, and uh, this is a great story. It's I know we talked a little about Emily Connolly's been playing six in the lineup there for that team that's ranked four in the country. 
Um, and so they're in a great position right there to make a really, really deep run in the NAIA National Championships. And no more different than the NCA. If you win the NAIA National Championships, you're considered a national champion. And, uh, you know, you get those, one of those rings and, and things like that. Now, with the NAIA, they don't do um, singles and individual championships um, okay. yet, um, maybe in the future. But um, for now, it's just the team championships. So um, what will happen is typically all of those teams will come to one site. Um, actually, all of those teams are coming to one site. And so they'll play basically from, from a Tuesday all the way through a Saturday in Mobile, Alabama. Now, if you look at the very top name there, Georgia Gwinnett. So Georgia Gwinnett actually have one of the most, um, and the men's side have, and we'll move over to the men's here. Um, they are actually the number one seed in both. They're a university in Atlanta, and they actually have a winning record. That's the, the overall best winning record without a loss in all sports, in anything, in the America, pro and amateur. I wow. cannot remember how many matches they've won in a row, but I think it's somewhere in the hundreds. So they have yet to lose a match in the last, say, 115 or 120 matches, which is an incredible feat. Right. So, yeah, so they'll be very favoured, very heavily here for the national championships on both the men's and the women's side. So, yeah. Um, so Division Two National Championship, we're going to run really quickly through this because we do not have any um, of our Irish players in the Division Two Championships. They're, they operate a little bit differently. So what we're going to notice here is they go to a, there's a regional championship. So for example, this is just an example of the central region um, where all of the university in the central region will compete for then that final spot to then go to, to the round of 16 where they all go together in the same spot. Um, what happens sometimes a lot in the regions in Division Two, there can be some really strong regions and there's some really kind of maybe not so strong regions. And um, I'm going to try to show you an example of a really strong region here on the men's side. Um, let's see if we can find it. So this would be a really strong region because these are mostly um, this, the southern region. So a lot of the Florida schools and the South Georgia schools, you've got like there is St. Leo and you've got Barry and Valdosta and West Florida. They're all top five, those, those universities typically in, their, in, in the nationally in the rankings. So sometimes what will happen there is, you know, a top five division two national ranking won't make the final 16 teams because maybe two top five teams will have to play each other in, in, the, in, in the regional championships. So um, I'm trying to find another good example. So another really strong region again, you know, this is the West region. You see Hawaii and, and California schools. Well, you know, the reason why they're so strong is because obviously, you know, recruits want to really go to those kind of nice places in, in, in America. So, and then there's the women's championship right here right. for division two. Again, got no Irish players um, that are currently representing any of these universities, which is something that I really hope that in, in the next couple of years, we can really encourage you know, that second and third tier of Irish players to take that leap to go to university because they can have a fantastic experience. You know, one that kind of rings a bell is, you know, uh, Paul Fitzgerald always talks, I think, on your podcast about his experience winning a national championship in Division Two. Yeah. And and how impactful that has been on his life. Um, well, yeah, it's it's no more different than if an Irish person went to a D2 school, they can they can go on a deep run, be a national champion in Division Two, and have just as good of experience as go in Division One. And um, one of the biggest myths is out there is is that you know 
going to a division one school means that you're going to have a better experience and and you're going to you're going to play better tennis that's just not true yeah i think that's an important message just that having all the different options are all really good options for for different players Absolutely, absolutely. Unfortunately, those no names of D1 and D2 get people mixed up a lot. They think of it like the Premiership and the Championship in football. It, it literally has got nothing to do with, with like it being a first division and a second division. It's literally got to do with Division Two schools only have to sponsor a certain amount of sports that's less than Division One universities. And there's a couple of other criteria that Division Two schools have to meet before they can qualify if they wanted to become a Division One university. But there's loads of Division Two universities that have no interest in ever wanting to be a Division One university because they're very happy just to kind of stay at the same size they are. Okay. Um, all right, so here's an interesting one here. So this is what you got. You got your junior college right here. So these are your, your, you know, your, your two-year universities. So their women's championship is actually currently going on at this moment of time. They're actually in their final day, I believe, today. So just for an example, again, is to see the level is, you know, Owen Casey played at a junior college for his, two, his first two years. Um, another great Irish player, Elaine Fagan, was just messaging her the other day. She played two years at, um, at, a, at a junior college in Mississippi before then going on and playing at a really high level at a Division I university called Mississippi State. So, you know, sometimes people, again, think that this level is not a good level. This is a great level, and it puts you in a great position to ultimately graduate from a four-year university, which means you get the same degree, and um, maybe you even got more opportunities because you went this pathway because you were able to showcase your skills and your level in that two years in that university yeah. in, in junior college. So right now at the moment, the way they do their processes, if you can see is Tyler Junior College here is number one right now at the moment. So what they have is in their national championship is they have their, all their number one players play in the singles draw. So all of the number one players for each one of these universities are all in one draw. The number twos are in another draw, number threes, fours, fives, and sixes. And if you're, say, the number one player for Tyler Junior College and you finish first in your draw, you get a certain amount of points for your team. And if you finish last in your draw, then you basically get a certain amount of points for your team. And what happens is you add up all of those points between the ones through the sixes, and then the team that has the most amount of points are ultimately crowned national champions. So it's a very, very different, unique way that the junior college do it. And I really, really like the way they do it because it does take on a little bit more of that individualistic, individualistic mentality of being a singles player, um, or a doubles team, and then ultimately, but all of those add up into then being um, being crowned a national champion because you can't have a great number one, but then have um, an average number two through six and win a national championship. You got to yeah. be strong, and your number six is just as important as your number one. That's a really interesting one. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's move on now to um, uh, the, the 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 singles championship and the doubles championship. So. That was announced last night, and you know we have a couple of girls in there in the in the in uh, one in the singles and one as as an alternate in the doubles. So in the singles we have, um, and I'm hopefully I've got her on down here, but yeah, there is Georgia right there. So Georgia Drummy, she's qualified now to play for a singles national championship. So again, you can receive a singles national championship bid two ways. You can either be one of the top 125 ranked singles players 
in college and be the best player in your conference <clears throat> and you'll receive an automatic bid. Okay, so for example, this happened a lot at North Florida when I was at the coach there. So the North Florida would have had uh, been in a smaller conference and we would have always had the highest ranked singles and doubles player. And maybe they weren't one of the top 40 singles players in the country, um, but they were like maybe ranked 60 or 70. Well, they would still get a qualifying spot into the national championship, top 64 players to compete for a national championship. And we actually had one player, uh, a great English player by the name of Jack Findle Hawkins. He made the quarterfinals of the NCA championships, winning against some like players that are, I think are top 150 ATP in the world in that year. So um, incredible stuff and great opportunities. And I always say to people is that's why sometimes going to a smaller school, maybe you could play at a bigger school and with a bigger program and a bigger conference, but maybe you could be one of the top players in a smaller conference and you can get some of these opportunities to, to, to compete uh, yeah. in a national championship. Um, and then what we have is, sorry, there's Georgia there right there at the moment. Yeah. Um, and then we have Julie Byrne, who and there's the rest of the field there in singles. Um, now, in, in this is the doubles now, so there's your automatic bids. Um, so they're the top teams that were obviously ranked inside the top 75 in doubles and not top 170, 125. And then these are your automatic bids. Uh, these are your, your uh, automatic qualifications. Um, and then that's your at-large bids right here. Now, there's Julie. See, she's fifth on the alternate list. So what's going to happen for Julie is, and Brianna, is there, if four people pull out of the of that draw and they have till Sunday to decide if they're going to pull out and um, maybe a doubles team maybe is injured maybe a doubles team sometimes uh, have decided not to go into the draw they're going to go pro instead and um, they will stop and they'll pull out of the turn by Sunday and then Julie will move up on that list so Julie needs four more or five people to pull out of that draw and then she gets into the into into the uh into the NCA tournament for doubles. So okay. fingers crossed there for Julie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Okay, and then here's the men's side. Again, we do not have any men in this. And let's hope that we can keep developing our players. This is the double side. Um, and there you see a Memphis team. And uh, I think there's an Auburn team too as well. And um, yeah, we hope that uh, in a couple of years time, we've got more of these uh, players reaching these NCA championship stage because you know if you're in that NCA championship draw, typically you know you're going to be playing at a very high level where you're going to be winning a you know a future on the men's side or or coming close to that anyway and um, and or on the singles on the, on the girls side you know a WTA 25k so. Yeah, very good. Okay, it's it's great to look through all that and and yeah, see everyone that's in action and and of course the the Irish players in, in the individuals and, and I guess more so in, in the team championships as well. So it'll be interesting to see over the next couple of weeks, I guess the very best of luck to everyone taking part. And uh, anything else to say, Mark, before we leave it there? No, I think it's been great this year to, to really, you know, help people understand a little bit about the, the, the draws and, and the way college tennis works. And, and again, you know, there's lots of coverage out there from live streaming and, and, uh, and again, the Tennis Channel will be covering the finals of the NCA Championships. Like I remember last year I watched, uh, or two years ago, I should say, uh, I, watched, I remember watching Georgia's matches, each one of them. So, you know, there's, there's loads of tennis to be watched there. And, um, 
yeah, feel free if you're if you're struggling to, to know how to get there, just give me a message and, and I'll, I'll fire you over a link if, uh, if I can and stuff like that. So, but the most important thing is for people to realize that, you know, this college tennis is at the highest level is, 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 is very professionally run. It's, it's, it's the equivalent of our GAA, I always say to people. Um, it may be amateur and they're not paying them, but the way the actual thing runs, it's, it's so professional. So yeah. uh, again, encouraging all these Irish players, we, we need to up our game. We need to start like realizing that these places are very competitive and uh, you know, you've got to put the work in and um, nothing's given to you anymore, especially with COVID-19 and the fifth year people. Um, even more now it's necessary that you do the process the right way and you do the process early. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think a, a big thanks obviously for everything you've done over the last few weeks and, and keeping us all updated and educated, I guess, a bit more on, on the whole process. So yeah, uh, thanks for that. And maybe we'll have one more of these possibly to, to look back at the NCA championships. Well, and again, maybe one more, Adam, too. If you're a player over there in college and you're, you're, you're coming back, you know, I know, I know they're, they're trying their best to get practices organized for you and more tournaments organized. It's been really challenging over here, but, you know, feel free to reach out to one of your provincial managers um, in all the provinces or myself. And, um, you know, we do, we're trying to get some stuff going here to really help you guys play year round tennis. So um, thank you so much for all you guys do. It's, we wouldn't be here, me and Adam talking about this if it wasn't for you guys. So uh, we just want to keep putting the work in and, and, and keep improving our level and, and keeping people involved in tennis long term. Great, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, a big, a big well done and thanks to all the players. And yeah, ho hopefully the summer can, can keep going. So yeah, um, thanks, thanks Mark. And yeah, good stuff. A big thanks again to Mark for his time with this episode. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you found it interesting. Also, informative, educational. I definitely learned a, a good bit about the, the structure of these tournaments at the end of the year. Um, of course, the very, very best of luck to all, all the players over the next few weeks, in particular the Irish players. We will be uh, keeping a, a keen eye out and, uh, on progress over the next little while and, and keep you updated. So thanks again for listening. I've been Adam and I'll see you next time.